Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors and Blockchain Whales. Blockchain Whales. Wow. Today we got Ryan Pineda back again for a fourth time. He flew in from Vegas to talk about all the things he's done since he was on the show last year. So we actually went through the list. It's too long for the intro. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer. And every month we help hundreds of people buy more houses at deeper margins. If you want more information about that, DM me the word sales on Instagram, and I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you'll become one. And this show is brought to you by The Whale Club. This is a new venture I started with my buddy, Paul Sparks. If you get value today, please tag a friend below. Share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Ryan to answer. You ready? Yeah, and let me give a quick plug. Buy Steve's sales training. We, Thank we you. I appreciate it, that. And it's legit. Yeah. So uh, I love it. I love working with your guys. You've got some massive killers and then they ask the best questions on the calls. Good. Um, all right. So <laughs> when we talked last, we talked about a brokerage, CPA, education, influencer, capital, e-com, and crypto. Yeah. So have you done anything significant since then? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were, we were like thinking, when was the last time? So it's been a year since the last show. Yeah. And um yeah, so at that time, I had just started um, a couple of those companies uh, with e-commerce. We were just getting started. Today, we've got over 300 stores that we manage um, wow. at Lunar Ecom. With the fund, we hadn't bought any yet. I was just getting everything squared away. Um, since then, we've bought 460 units. And we I have... think you brought is it Austin. Yep, Austin. Yep, he's uh, one of my guys in the fund. Yep. And... Yeah, we've got four different projects under contract right now, so we should be able to get over a thousand here very shortly. Wow! Um, so that's going good. And I actually started a second fund with my buddy Graham Stefan, mm -hmm. and so him and I are raising money together and going to be buying um, some of the deals that didn't fit the model of Panetta Capital. You know, yep. at, at Panetta Capital, we're looking for super deep value add real estate. You know, stuff that's beat up, stuff that needs a lot of work. Um, whereas with Creator Properties, which is the company Graham and I founded, um, we're looking for more stable stuff, more safe stuff, more stuff that um, you know doesn't need so much work. Um, and in fact, we're here in Phoenix right now. I just got done filming at a 44 unit we're buying here in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, and it probably makes some sense because you you and he have very different risk profiles. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it was such a great partnership because I'm super risky. Like I love taking risk and doing these things, and so. All the stuff we bought in Panetta Capital has been such. Like, we bought 126 units that have literally no one in it. <laughs> you know, like, it's great because those have really high rewards, and I trust our operations to be able to do it. That's a bold, bold move. That's how we roll. But um, at Creator Properties, I realized, well, before Creator Properties, I realized that we were turning down all these deals that were good. They were good deals, but, like... They weren't juicy enough for me to be like, okay, let's go raise for that. You know, I'm like, let's just wait for home runs. Yeah. These are like the doubles that are just easy to do. And so I said, you know what, Graham, we get all these deals already. They'd be very easy to take down. They have way less work to do. Um, and they're just more safe bets. And I think your audience would love them. And so um, at the end of the day, you know, we formed our partnership and now we're taking down all these deals that I had otherwise turned down. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Graham Stephan, for those that don't know, you want to talk about him just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the biggest um, finance YouTuber there is. I think he's got like 4 million something subscribers and 
Um, just a really good guy. Uh, him and I met a couple of years ago when I started making YouTube videos and um, he, you know, now lives in Vegas where I'm at and we helped him buy his house. And since then we've done a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Cause I remember you took his course yep. and because you took his course, I took his course. Yeah. And I was actually in his coaching program. I was like, Hey, when you go to Vegas, make sure you connect with Ryan. Yep. So, all right. So you got that going and yep. then uh, you said the, that was the fun. So you bought one with your existing fund. And you bought, you're at four in a contract now with Graham. Um, two with Graham, two with the existing fund. Two with the existing fund. Yeah. Gotcha. And then you were kind of dabbling with crypto at this time. Yeah. So, I mean, back then, I, I guess a year ago, I've been, I was buying a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of Ethereum. Um, and obviously the last couple of days, it's been just terrible crashes and stuff like that. But um, around November, I started getting really into NFTs and understanding that industry mm -hmm. and so i threw almost a million dollars into nfts and it's just something that i've believed in the moment i understood the technology and yeah. when i started to look at what nfts are going to do in the realm of real estate i was like holy crap like this is literally going to change the world um of real estate and how we transact how we fund how we borrow money how we syndicate like all these ways it is going to change it. And I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. It's mm -hmm. something that's going to happen here, you know, I would guess in the next five years. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to go all in on this. And so, um, you know, I bought a bunch of NFTs that put me in these groups so I could learn how these communities worked and how it is, you know, buying NFTs and picking them out and all this stuff. And it's giving me a lot of good feedback and experiences for launching my own, which is um, coming out here in the next couple of months called Tykes. So Tykes is short for digital tycoon. Um, essentially, we are just trying to become the next tycoons. You know, like yeah. if you look in real estate today, uh, the old school term was you're a tycoon if you own a lot of real estate. Yeah, it's that or a land baron. Yeah. And it's like, man, the Wall Street is what is really the only tycoons today. These guys yeah. have all the real estate. And I just look at this opportunity of digital real estate, which, you know, I'm calling anything to do with crypto web three and real estate you know it could be buying land in the metaverse it could be you know all these applications i'm talking about in real world real estate with blockchain and um you know it's just this unique opportunity in time where you can literally become like this next wave of digital tycoons that just it's such an important moment in history that people have and like people talk about it all the time they're like man i wish i got in on bitcoin you know, whatever price, right? And it was like, dude, Bitcoin not long ago was, you know, less than $500. Yeah, well, I remember, <laughs> like, my brother was telling me, like, you should buy some Bitcoin. I was like, what is this thing? It's like, $500 for what? No, yeah. I'm not buying that. Right, and so we're at that point, and it might be we're at the point in digital real estate where Bitcoin's like $10, Yeah. right? And that's how I see it. And I just see this enormous opportunity where there's gonna be so much wealth made in this space that people just don't really understand it yet, which is fine. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, Tykes is um, a project where we're not only going to be bringing together all the people who are interested in digital real estate um, and, and creating masterminds and real life events and these, you know, other cool things, which um, can't really talk too much about yet, but also showcasing what's possible with yeah. digital real estate and applications. So, you know, we're going to be um, letting 
people stake their tyke, meaning that they can lock it up kind of like you would lock up money in a bond. Mm -hmm. And it's going to produce um, a cryptocurrency we're creating called Coin. And um, with that Coin, it's basically going to be the currency for the entire system that, um, or the entire ecosystem with tykes. You know, you'll be able to buy the trainings with that coin. You'll be able to um, buy tickets to this events. You're going to be able to um, potentially buy into what I'm calling a tyke share which has never been done before. Um, essentially, the first Tyke share is going to be in Las Vegas. It's kind of like a hybrid between a timeshare and an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, I bought this $1.5 million home, all my own money. Like, I'm basically gifting it to the Tykes community to go stay in. Um, and basically, they'll use their Tyke coin to go stay yeah. there. And um, it's like kind of like a timeshare, like I'm saying, like they'll have the rights to stay on those dates at that so, house. You know what I'm noticing right now? Yeah. Right. Um, I've learned this space. Obviously, you've done really well in learning this space. I try to explain what I'm doing here and everyone's like, well, slow down. That doesn't make sense. That hurts my head. Right. I've noticed that not only have you learned this, you've talked about it so well that you can speak it in a way that makes sense to people. Yeah, I'm trying to simplify it, you know. Um, I'm actually speaking at um, All in Freedom tomorrow about this concept. And my vision is, you know, if I can educate people on what's to come, like there's going to be people who say it's stupid, it's not going to happen, and there's going to be people who really buy into it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be digital tycoons. Like that's right. that's the gist of it. Like you buy in and you understand what's happening. If you You can't lose if you buy Bitcoin at... $500, like, you know, back right. then. Yeah, in the interim, yeah, sure, it's going to be volatile, and that's what it yeah, is. Ups but and like, downs. You know, at the end of the day, five years from now, I can promise you digital real estate is going to be a multi-trillion dollar industry. Yeah. So uh, we're in a collective genius together, and yeah. I get chance to be in the room when you're explaining your vision of, like, the roadmap of where this can all go. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you won the belt again. I didn't really <laughs> enjoy that part. Um by the way, I've never lost. <laughs> so, three and no, whatever. Anyway, uh, can you share a little bit of what you're talking about as far as applications? Because you really like, you know, blew some people's minds. Yeah. So, man, how much time we got, dude? I could talk about this for days. Uh, I got an appointment at five thirty, so we got an hour. All right. So, you know, I tried to kind of speed through what Tykes was because you know I didn't know how many things we were going to talk about. But, um, okay, like digital real estate. Let's talk about this. Um, as far as how people perceive it today, they would be thinking that it's about um, metaverse, right? And metaverse mm-hmm. is just one piece of digital real estate, right? You guys probably, you might, if, you've, if you're in crypto at all, you might have seen like the Board Ape Yacht Club just sold um, plots of land in their upcoming metaverse. Yeah. It was the largest like NFT drop ever. It sold over $300 million worth of um, land. Absolutely insane. And there's other ones like Decentraland and Sandbox and these things, right? And the way that they are right now is kind of a mix of like The Sims, Fortnite, you know, like you can go in there, you can run around, you can, you know, do things. They're they're very much in the like first inning mm-hmm. of what they're going to be. Um, the ninth inning, in my opinion, or not even the ninth, but maybe like the fifth inning probably looks a lot like Ready Player One. If you guys have seen that movie, right? Like people are going into the metaverse, they're hanging out, they're doing things, they're working. Um, and I see that happening for sure. 
at some point. I don't know how many years away that is, but you know, whatever. You know, the the eighth and ninth inning maybe look like what Elon Musk is trying to do with Neuralink, where you instantly can just tap into the metaverse and that's how it goes, right? So if you understand that with that framework, um, you know, as far as it goes to real estate investing and this metaverse land, you don't really need to think of it other than how we invest in commercial real estate today. Because, you know, there are plots of land and they each have their own value, similar to how we look at land today. How big is the land? What's it near? What metaverse is it in, right? AKA what city? Um, it's very similar in that way of like, okay, what is the value of this thing? Yeah. Now, as far as how do you make money on it? Like, that's the first question. Well, just like commercial real estate, you can do whatever you want. You could lease the land to somebody else. I could go throw a billboard on the land and have it be an advertisement. I could go lease the land to somebody else. I could lease a billboard. I could develop it into a giant building where, you know, I sell stuff inside of it. I could develop it into you know, a club where people go and attend, like whatever, like I can yeah. make it a gaming, a casino, uh, the, the possibilities of what you're going to be able to do with the land are like literally limitless because it's just code. You can code whatever you want on the land and whatever then, you can imagine. Yeah. And so, you know, at the end of the day, if people are going to be there, that land will have value and it's going to have value based on the same principles that real estate has value in the real world. Now, a lot of people will say, well, what makes it valuable? You know, anyone can go create metaverse land. It's infinite. And it's somewhat true, but like the example I always use is like in the real world right now, land is pretty infinite. Um, only 10% of the land in the world is actually used. Okay. So there's a reason, you know, I live in Vegas, you live in Phoenix. There's all this land in between Vegas and Phoenix and it's literally like worthless. It's just desert. It's just desert because nobody's there. Yeah. And so there's going to be a bunch of metaverses that are made in the interim, but nobody will be there because there's only so many people who are going to participate in the metaverse. Right. Just like social media, right? There's a bunch of social medias that have happened, but there's only the ones that people participate in that mm -hmm. people go to. There's network effect. My, my MySpace account is still doing really well. Yeah. Your MySpace is, is killing it because <laughs> no one's there. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, um, there will be metaverses that try, but then there's just going to be the ones that actually have all of the people. Like Google, right? Like everyone uses Google to search something. They develop a monopoly, and there's going to be metaverses that end up being kind of the monopolies. Is Panetaverse, Panetaverse going to be a thing? Dude, it just might be. Tykesverse? You never know, dude. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, one of, there was a couple different applications that you mentioned that I thought were interesting. Uh, first was blockchain title. Right. Yeah. And everyone that talks about blockchain and real estate, like that's like the first or second thing they bring up. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that there is so much money in title that you'll encounter a lot of resistance against it. It's probably a three to five year away thing at least. Yeah. I what agree. is your thought on that? Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, like I'm saying, is have a three to five year time horizon. Um, but yeah, I mean, chain of title, right? Like, <laughs> the way that we transact real estate is so dumb because it wasn't less than 10 years ago that most title companies, you'd go sign at the title company. They would then go take your signatures to, you know, the county recorder's office. Mm -hmm. They record it by hand. And then, you know, however long it took them to process it, then you own it the next day, 
whatever, yeah. right? And also, too, you got to make sure you wire before one o'clock, whatever, and they have to receive it by three o'clock to go then do whatever. To record it, yep. Yeah, like it's just, and you can't do it on weekends, right? right. You can't do any of that. Well, later on, they started to realize, like, okay, we don't necessarily have to go run it down there anymore. We can do an e-filing now. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, oh, that's a new, that's a nice change. They can just save this an hour. Yep. And so that was like pretty new. Um, then, you know, COVID happened and it was like, well, we can, um, you know, we don't have to have a notary at your house. We can actually just do a virtual notary. And it was like, yeah, like all these things are just continuing to grow technologically. Mm-hmm. And so the next um, apparent evolution of title is going to be on the blockchain. And for those of you who don't realize this, you know, the, the reason you get title insurance right now is because, um, you know, they're doing a lot of work to make sure that the person who is claiming to sell you this home does in fact actually own the home. They got it legitimately. They are who they say they are and all this stuff. They're also giving you title insurance to make sure there are no other liens against the property and like any creditors or anything like that. And so that's why they get to charge a really high fee along with charging you for escrow and all these other things. Well, all that goes away the moment you start putting a house on the blockchain. And once it's on the blockchain, it is apparent who owns the home, okay? Um, I cannot buy a house from Steve without Steve actually sending it from his wallet to me. Mm-hmm. At that point, it, it eliminates so much fraud. <laughs> like, somebody else can't pretend to be Steve because they don't have Steve's wallet, right? right? Like, they don't have any of the stuff. Only Steve can send me the home, and it's just publicly recorded on the blockchain. And once they start allowing that, and they start allowing people to, you know, record their liens on the blockchain against the property and all that with smart contracts, then it just eliminates all of this need for title insurance because it's all right there. Everybody can see it. Yeah. So it's just a matter... I mean, we talked about 35 years, but I think before it's, like, normalized. But as far as ultimate um conversion we have to put every single property on the blockchain i mean this could literally be like 40 50 years before we get every last house yeah i mean on the blockchain look if you if you go to like some older places um they still do title in the ancient ways of doing it right like they they've yet to adjust like other major metros have Mm -hmm. but you know you're gonna see places like miami you know who are who is trying to be the hub for all things crypto. It's fascinating that they're trying. They're they're leading that battle. Yeah, I would guarantee you they will be the first people to start putting all of their real estate on the blockchain. Well, I think for good reason because that's probably the city that needs it the most. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they got a lot of fraud and stuff going on there. They so. got a little bit of like where did this money come from situation. Yep, in that particular city. So yeah, that's that's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, you know you you look at that and title and it's. That's the easiest use case. But, you know, a use case that I tell people about, I was actually speaking at an event uh, about two weeks ago um, for a fund. And I said, dude, the funds are the biggest beneficiaries of this technology with crypto and NFTs. Um, You know, right now, like I I just talked about my two funds with Pineda Capital and Creator Properties. Um, When people want to invest with us, you know, they know going into it that, hey, this is going to be a three to five year deal. Like they sign paperwork. They understand that their money is going to be tied up until we either sell it or we refinance and get all their money out. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're OK with that. Like they know that going into it. 
But, you know, the, the biggest downfall is that there's a lot of people who don't invest with us because they don't like that, right? Those who are cool with it, they're cool with it. But there's a bunch of people who are like, dude, I love the deal. I don't love that I have to tie my money up that long. Well, if you were to start NFTing the shares of a fund, it eliminates that issue. And here's what I mean. You know, instead of Steve giving me $100,000 for this property we're buying in Arizona right now, by the way, if you, we still got some lots open if you want to invest. Appreciate uh, that. <laughs> so uh, if Steve wants to give me $100,000, typically right now, um, he would give it to me and like, it's cool. He's going to go be in our portal and get his dividends and all that stuff. You got to wait three years. But you got to wait to get your money back, yep. right? But if I gave him an NFT instead and said, here's your NFT for all your shares, and um, you know it's worth $100,000 today. Well, a year from now, let's say the market continues to be red hot. It's going up. We're doing a good job as operators. We're getting the thing stabilized even better. It's going great. And all of a sudden, your shares are now worth $150,000. Well, you have the choice, at the very least, to go put it up on the market to sell those shares or to, you know, keep them or whatever you want to do, right? Maybe you just need the liquidity because, you know, you got a good opportunity or things hit the fan, whatever. Yep. Or you think the market's going to crash and you're like, dude, we need to exit right now. Well, you can go put it on the market. Somebody else can go buy it and you get to exit. For us as the operator, we don't care. Right. It doesn't affect us what yep. you, you choose to do with it. So it's a win-win all the way around. And guess what? The moment you start making something that's e-liquid like a fund liquid <coughs> dude i mean it's gonna pour more money into real estate right it's gonna be a lot more valuable so i imagine you've had a lot of conversations with attorneys about this because mm -hmm. the things that and you probably already figured this part out the questions that go through my head right is how did depreciation work yeah how does accreditation work yeah how does the three touches work yeah so is there anything you can expand upon in those regards? You know, um, with accreditation and everything else, um, in order for you to go sell that NFT, uh, you would have to use a third-party source to transact it to make sure that the person you're selling it to is... Um, so this is not going on OpenSea? No, it ain't going on OpenSea. Um, there are, and I'll say this, there are people that are going to do this without realizing that what they're doing is illegal. Um, I've already seen it on the internet. People are talking about NFTing Airbnbs and all this stuff. And like, yeah, you know, anyone can buy in and you can share in the profits and you can do this. And I'm like, yeah, you can also go to jail. Yeah. They're waiting for a knock on the door and some people in suits. Yeah. Because you can't do that. That's a syndication. That's you're selling a security as a securities. It's not fraud, but it's a securities violation and they don't mess around securities no i ain't trying to deal with that like look i've already started multiple funds like i understand what we're supposed to do on the security side and i understand how it's supposed to happen on the crypto side yeah as well and so yeah for me um there's definitely a thing called know your customer and so uh it's interesting with blockchain because in the crypto world um anonymity or being anonymous is like a very um important thing it's not even a real guys. thing we've, we've, we've learned with, with people that have done some really illegal activities have yeah. been very much been busted in real life. So that anonymity is kind of suspicious. Yeah. But anyway. And so like a lot of people value that and that's fine. But um, if that's you, 
you, you ain't going to invest in real estate. It's just right. not going to work. You have to um, let you. And like you said, too, for the depreciation benefits, like mm -hmm. they got to know who you are. <laughs> like, so you can't fire an IRS tax return if you're anonymous. Yeah. So all those things are going to um, make it more mainstream. And I, I think Web3 and crypto will not be um, what people what it is currently down the road. It will be much more organized and I guess call it corporate, whatever centralized. It will be much more centralized, but it will still be decentralized in that people have the ability to do what they want yeah. with their stuff. So that's really fascinating. If they want to find out more about what you've got going on there, how do they get more information about that? Yeah. So, um, go to tykes.io, T Y K E S dot I O, um, join the discord. Uh, if you get on an email list, we'll email you, um, when we're going to drop, I mean, there's already so much demand for it because it just doesn't really exist with this. You know, the, like the biggest thing I get asked all the time is they're like, okay, Ryan, I, I agree with you. And this is what they asked us at CG too. They said, I get it. Like, this is the future. How do I learn more about it? And I'm like, well, you, you can't really like, I'm kind of like probably the most known guy talking about it. Yeah, you're pioneering it. Yeah. And that's actually our slogan for Tykes, by the way, the pioneers of digital real estate. Yeah. Um, but it just made me realize like in, in all my businesses, whenever I see a problem that doesn't have an apparent solution, that means I can create the solution and, you know, we can make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. So I said, you know what? You're going to have the solution. Give me some time. All right. And uh, that's why we're building up Tykes. Like I want it to be the premier mastermind for guys like Steve, guys like Kong, who were, who was here earlier, guys like, you know, who are in the web three space, but love real estate yep. and bring them all together in this place and let smart people develop businesses, invest, do things together that, um, are going to change the world. Yep. Absolutely. I'm excited for that. Um, so I was out in your office back in December and, um, we're kind of talking about some of the things that I'm working on. And you mentioned what you're most excited about was wealthy way yeah what is that yeah so wealthy way is amazing um it's kind of like this way of life that um i've been living for a while but i just didn't know how to like formulate it and like make an sop for it because <laughs> <laughs> i just you know it's just like these are my philosophies on how i think you should live life and how you should um you know, do business and how you should take care of yourself and handle your faith and your family and all these things. And the more I started thinking about it, um, you know, cause I kept getting all these questions over and over again. They were like, dude, how do you like run all these companies, stay in shape, still have time to golf, you know, go get to, paid to golf, not go golf, get paid to golf. <laughs> That's true. The wealthy way doesn't cover that, <laughs> but, um, you know, go hang with your family. I was in Malibu last week, just with my family. Like, they're like, how do you do it all? And I would start to like try and explain it. And I was like, this is like way too much for a conversation. Yeah. And so I started writing it down of like, okay. It was a philosophy. Yeah. So I started writing it down and um, I came up with the wealthy way. That was what I called it. And I was like, you know what, man? Like this is going to change so many people's lives. Like I don't want to charge for it like I would for any other course or thing I create. I'm just going to give it to everyone for free. So like I created this entire course. There's literally no upsells. There's nothing just going over, um, 
what the wealthy way is, how to live it. Um, you know, basically I, I created this acronym of called wealth, you know, it stands for worship, um, education, affluence, lifestyle, team, and health, and essentially creating goals around each of those um, categories, you know, kind of our core ba- values as wealth builders. And it's been great. I also created a software, um, basically, that is my morning routine planner. Um, basically, it has like a journal. It helps you set all your goals. It lets you write things you're grateful for. Um, you know, weekly goals, yearly goals. It helps you track it every single day. And once again, the stuff didn't exist. Like, it's not like there's not a journal out there that does all these things, nor is there a software out there that you can just use for free. And I was like, I just went to my software team and I'm like, let's just create it and just give it away. So we did that. Mm-hmm. Then we have a Discord community um, and we're adding a ton of other stuff um, to it. In fact, uh, I mean, I'll reveal it on here. Like, I'm actually going to be changing my podcast name to The Wealthy Way gotcha. because I'm just so passionate about it. And like, you know, on, on that podcast, once we make the official switch, you know, I'll be interviewing a lot of people, not just in business. Like, dude, I want to interview the best health experts. I want to interview the best, um, you know, faith-based people, you know, the best pastors. I want to interview um, people who are just living really cool lives, you know? And then, of course, there will always be business and there will be, you know, all these things. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm really most passionate about. And uh, element of Joe Rogan in there. Yeah. Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss kind of deal. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think with those guys, there's not really like a philosophy. It's just yeah. like, yeah, we interview cool people. Whereas the wealthy way is like, look, if you stumble upon this podcast, we actually have a blueprint of how to live the wealthy way. And it's all free. So go check it out. That's awesome. Yeah. And that was also around the same time where I shared with you, it was like, hey, I'm getting recruited to Keller Williams. Yeah. Right. I was like, hey, like they're saying, because I, you know, we do the sales training, we help people buy houses. And I was like, well, the next logical leap would be teaching realtors mm-hmm. sales training. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they were basically saying, look, I can get you in front of Gary Keller and he will push the heck out of your sales training, to which I said, you can make that happen. Then I've been drinking KW Kool Aid this whole time. I just wasn't announcing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I tell this to you and you say, well, actually, I'm looking at something else. Yeah. So what were you looking at? Yeah. So, um, I don't think I plugged this, but for those of you who said, who want to go to Wealthy Way, it's just wealthyway.com to go get all that. But uh, yeah, you know, when you told me that, at the time I had my brokerage, we had, you know, 150 to 200 agents. And I had been considering a move for a while because I kind of was not fed up with it, but like mad that it just couldn't scale like my other businesses. You know, at the end of the day, a normal local brokerage is limited to everyone in that local market. And I'm just like, dude, that's so dumb. Like if I could get everyone who wanted to be a realtor, you know, in our brokerage, like how big would we be? Right. It'd be, it'd be amazing. And, you know, I started looking at these other business models and, you know, I realized that there's other brokerages out there like EXP where you can essentially have your own mini brokerage, right? Like, right. you know, anyone that you bring on the EXP goes underneath you, even though you're not a broker, you don't even have to have the liability or anything. Like you still get paid for all the people underneath you. And I said, that's like actually a really smart model. 
And it's what's allowed them to grow to be like the fastest growing brokerage in the world. And, um, you know, during that time, I talked to a bunch of people at eXp and I was like, you know what? I just am like not really feeling this vibe and various reasons, which I won't get into. But um, it was bad because I was about to ask you about those vibes, but continue. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, one of the vibes, I'll just say one of the vibes being like, you know, they kind of have this connotation of just being recruiters only, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we would get calls every freaking week from EXP people trying to recruit us over. And I'm just like, dude, you got nothing better to do? Like, go sell real estate, you know? Um, but it is just that. And I know that I've interviewed EXP people on my um, podcast, and they're all great. They're all crushing it in real estate. So I don't even want to say, like, that was the vibe, even though that was one of them. But um, there was just a lot of things. So anyways. Well, I mean, just to add to that, it's it's weird, you know? It's like... Whenever I get a call from an EXP agent, it's like, I take a deep breath, like, and, and, and I think for a fraction of a second, do I want to take this call? <laughs> right? It's almost like... Is he calling me to recruit me or, like, talk about a deal? Yeah, right? It's like, when a title person calls you, a mortgage person calls you, you're like, am I in the right frame of mind to take this call right now? Yeah. Or should I let this go to the voicemail, see what they say, and then maybe I'll call them back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always like a sales pitch. Um... Yeah, so <laughs> I thankfully I don't take any of those calls. My partner Nick had to deal with them all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I was like, I just I'm not really feeling it. And then um it, around that time I started to hear about this new company called Real, which um very similar model in that, you know, you can go nationwide, you can create a downline and revenue share and all that. And the more I looked at them, I was like, man, this is really cool. Like they're newer. I think they have like four thousand agents. Um there's a lot more opportunity for growth. Um, the fees are cheaper, like everything about it. And I was like, you know what? And, and, you know, I talked to the CEO and all that stuff. And I said, let's just convert our brokerage over there. Yeah. You know, we're going to lose some people who aren't happy about it. And that's fine. Um, but in the long haul, it's going to give us the ability to expand a lot. And so um, my partner, Nick, and I made that choice to transfer all of the agents under Nick's name and... Um, you know, I'm happy we did it. But one thing to your point that we did um, in conjunction with that was I started a new company called Wealthy Agent because I had been seeing the same things you were seeing of like, man, realtor education is kind of, I don't want to say outdated, but the same stuff. Yeah. It hasn't really been revolutionized. Yeah. I mean, like you can pretty much contribute the majority of realtor education to someone with the last name Ferry. And they both teach the same thing, right? Like it, it's, it's cold call. It's, you know, role play. It's expireds and door knock and like whatever. Um, and it's great. Like it does work. But the more I looked at realtor education, the more I was like, man, <laughs> this stuff doesn't like make you wealthy. Like this stuff makes you money. But if you were to ask me what I taught our realtor or our realtors at Forever Home Realty, it was very different. I was saying, hey, it ain't about just making more commissions. Like, that's great, but how about we buy some rental properties? Mm-hmm. How about some of these listing appointments you're going on? You actually try to buy the house. Like, that will make you way more money than shooting for a 1%, 2% listing. Yeah. You know? Um, why don't we talk about building your personal brand and using social media the right way to go get leads and build a brand and get organic traffic? Why don't we talk about taxes and 
how you can just be a real estate professional and pay no taxes, just doing these right things in conjunction with each other. And yes, let's focus on being a realtor too and, you know, learn those marketing techniques, get better at sales and negotiations. And like, yeah, we're going to talk about that as well, but let's cover these things that actually make you the wealth. Right. And so when you reached out to me to talk about your vision, yeah, right, I was looking at those are all the same exact things I was trying to do at Stunning Homes Realty, right? We had over 100 agents, and we don't talk about like how to help people buy and sell houses to financial freedom, yeah. right? We talk about, hey, like that is important for active income. Yep. But what are you doing to create wealth for you and your family so that like the... I. I gave everyone in our office full permission. If you ever saw me at a continuing education class at the age of 60, shoot me. <laughs> right? That We clearly missed the mark if that's the case. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, you know, here, and this is the truth, and this is the same as Real and EXP and every other brokerage in the world. They don't get paid when you buy a rental property, right? Nope. When you wholesale a deal or you flip a deal, they don't make money. In fact, it's more liability for them. So you'll never see brokerages promoting you to do that stuff, okay? Um, with taxes, most of them have no clue, right? I own a tax company. I understand it. Like, I get why brokerages don't know because it's not in their best interest to teach their clients. Like, it doesn't make them any more money when you save money on taxes. Like, it's Or not if, you, if you are successful uh, outside of buying and selling homes, yeah. Then you're no longer feeding them. Yeah. Well, and yeah, hundred percent, right? Like, as you start doing things differently. Um, same thing with social media. All right. Like Gary Keller. Okay, you used him as an example. I mean, the dude's obviously done very well for himself. Yeah. Uh, he didn't use social media to get to where he's at. Right. Uh, I get more views than Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. He is though the best example I've seen of like information marketing where like, let me give you a book. Yeah. Right. And then you will buy my product. Yeah. He's probably the best. I've He's ever an old that. school marketer, right? Yeah. Like that stuff works. That's direct marketing. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I've learned a lot from him. So I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I am saying is the way he got rich was in a different era mm -hmm. than the way a new realtor is going to get rich. Absolutely. And so you want to learn from Gary Keller who got rich a way that's not relevant today compared to how you can fast track it. I don't know, dude. I'd rather go <laughs> learn from the people who are doing it the way that you're going to end up having to do it. And so I just looked at all this stuff and I was like, yep, I mean, brokerages are not going to teach social media because they don't know how. Yeah. You know? Well, they're not qualified. It's like if um, we talk about building companies offline right now here, but like we have great companies, not because you and I are great videographers or great programmers or web designers or anything like that. Right. Right. We have it because our people are awesome. So would you rather have your broker who doesn't know how to post an Instagram teach you? Yeah. And so like the reason I'm, I'm, I'm not even like, I guess I'm hating, but like the reason I'm saying all this is because if you've been a realtor this whole time at a big name brokerage or wherever, even a small boutique brokerage, and they haven't taught you this stuff and you obviously know it's important, you're watching the show, then you obviously have a different mindset than most realtors. Yeah. Um, but you're like, man, why am I not getting traction? Well, it's because you're not learning the right things. And so to long story short, <laughs> like I said with Tykes and all my other businesses, when I see a problem with no apparent solution, I'm like, well, I guess I'll create the solution. Mm -hmm. And so I created Wealthy Agent. I really like the wealthy like uh, branding. 
I don't think it's going to pull negatively in any survey. So I think you're good. Yeah, I really like it. So, you know, I created Wealthy Agent, um, which teaches all of those things. And um, yeah, you know, we're teaching, like we have three Zoom calls a week. I have literally pulled all the best coaches from across the country um, to train on different things. And so like Steve is a part of Wealthy Agent as a coach, as a student himself, as everything. And he is training um, all of the students in Wealthy Agent on sales, right? Um, I just did a training literally two days ago. No, actually, might've been yesterday. I did one yesterday. And it's, it's ironic we're talking about Gary Keller. I was actually praising Gary Keller because um, I was talking about his book, The One Thing, to mm-hmm. them. And I was telling them, you know, really about how you can focus in on one thing on um, their business and, and really getting deep down into the marketing. But, you know, my previous call with them, I talked about personal brand and how to build that up in their market. But, you know, we've got guys like us. We've got, you know, my partner with the CPA side. We've got people talking about flipping and wholesaling. We've got people talking about how to build a team for your realtors. We got people talking about um, best practices with cold calling, best practices with, you know, door-to-door sales, like everything. KPIs, VAs. KPIs, VAs, like you name it. You know, we've got three calls a week from different people, you know, every single week. So like the perspectives you get, nobody has it. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't exist. So uh, Priscilla sells real estate is asking on Instagram, how are we looking to expand to Texas? We are in Texas. So um, there should be something on the screen. Joinreal.com. Put myself as a sponsor if you would be so kind. And WealthyAgent.io right now is what Ryan's talking about. Yeah, so um, if you're interested in Wealthy Agent, go to WealthyAgent.io. Um, there you can just say Steve referred you, and uh, that way we take care of Steve because he is the man at Wealthy Agent. And, uh, you know, whether you join Real or whether you um, just want to be a part of Wealthy Agent, um, we can definitely help you out. So, yeah. So there's a couple of questions here I want to jump on, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you about something that seems to be interesting right now. There's a lot of talks on the crypto Twitter. Yeah. Right. I guess there's some earthquakes in the last couple of days. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> it's interesting with crypto because unlike real estate, you know, real estate, this is why I like real estate because I don't have to look at what it's worth every day. <laughs> you know, like my houses. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're whatever. I'll look at them like once a year to see like, oh man, I got to update my net worth because this thing has gone up quite a bit. But, um, in crypto, you're like looking at it every day. Like, holy crap. Like there it is. It's just Mm -hmm. dropping and going up every day. And, you know, I've been in crypto since 2018. And so I remember seeing that crash, you know, I bought Bitcoin at freaking 20 K back then. And, you know, it crashed to like, I don't even know. $4,000. $4,000. Like $3,000 is what I heard. Yeah, $3,000. And I'm just like, yep, I'll see you later. <laughs> and I remember Ethereum at the time. Um, I don't remember what it was at 2018, but I remember buying it for like a thousand bucks and then it crashed to like a hundred. Right. And then I'm just like, whatever. And then, you know, crypto kind of falls out of the scene for a little bit. Only the diehard stayed with it in 2019, 2020. Did you? Did you sell anything? No, I actually kept it. Yeah, because I was fortunate. Yeah, I was just like, what do I even care? Like, freaking, it's worth a hundred (laughs) dollars. Like, I'm not selling this. Yeah. And so, um, it was funny because in 2020, I started to get interested in it again because 
I, you know, we were going through the pandemic and I started to read a lot about the Federal Reserve because I was really curious on what the government was going to do. And reading a ton about the Federal Reserve and crypto in general and technology, like all my books that year were around those topics. Are you including in there like The Creature from Jekyll Island? Yep, The Creature from Jekyll Island I read that year. Um, I read a bunch of other like tech-related books. There's nothing exciting when you learn about the Federal Reserve. No, yeah, it's it's a scam. Pretty, It's pretty depressing. Yeah, it's definitely a scam. And it just made me realize that like, dude, crypto is going to play a major role in everything that <laughs> the Federal Reserve is going to screw up. And so, um, yeah, I ended up uh, getting back into it in 2020. And I, I looked for all of my wallets. I was like, dude, where are those wallets? And then you know, I found it. And then all of a sudden, crypto started taking off. And it was like, it just reinforced my belief of like, dude, if you're into this for the long haul, crypto is fine. Like it literally, since its inception, you know, in whatever, 2011, 12, whenever they, they invented Bitcoin, do now, it's like you never lose if you just hold. Mm-hmm. And if you just sit there and treat it like real estate and you don't look at it, you will win. And it, the proof was in all that Ethereum I bought at $1,000 where I got hosed because <laughs> it went to 100 Imagine if I would have bought, you know, at 100 bucks, you know, just bought, I don't know, like 20 grand worth. Like yeah. a, a, Ethereum was... At, at the high, like forty seven hundred dollars this year or yeah. last year. And I mean, that's a, we, every time there's a dip, Corey Buttright sends us a text, right? Buy the dip. Corey is one of the crypto people that uh, is always just looking at it every day. I'm not trying to do that, dude. Like, yeah. not good for my psychology. Um. But anyway, so we're talking about yesterday or the last couple of days. Um. Yeah. So yesterday, you know, it it freaking tanks so bad because um. UST, which is what we call a stable coin, it's always supposed to was. be a dollar. Yeah. It was a stable coin. Yeah. Uh, depegged, meaning it wasn't worth a dollar because people were just trading against it and all this stuff. And it dropped all the way down to like 30 cents. It was mm-hmm. like nuts. And then I've been watching it the last couple of days. It's been like 30 cents, 80 cents, 30 cents. And it's like, it's going to be worth zero, like at the end of the day. Um, and then Luna, which is like the company that goes hand in hand with UST. They were like $100 a week ago, and now they're trading at like 50 cents. One and a half this morning. Insane, dude. One and a half cents. There was someone that posted, I think it was KSI, like he had $3 million in Luna, and it's worth 1000 bucks. Dude, nuts. And uh, yeah, so like that was obviously a catastrophic event for crypto, and it, it basically crashed the entire market. It was kind of like our version of, you know, 2008 when mm-hmm. that crashed the entire market. But, you know... Unlike 2008, where that crashed the entire world, <laughs> yeah, like this crashed just this smaller crypto market, and um, you know, it is what it is. But in what do you end, think are gonna be the consequences of it? Like for the next week, month? Well, I think crypto is gonna keep going down as of today. Um, I am definitely not an expert, but I, you know, I'm usually a normally optimistic person who doesn't get scared by FUD or anything, but like just looking at it, I'm like understanding the cycles of crypto too, because crypto does boom and bust. But over time, that boom and bust just keeps going up and up and up, right? Like Bitcoin at one point was $30 and then busted to $2. Everyone's like, Bitcoin's a scam, freaking (laughs) 30 bucks. It's two. I told you. Yeah. You know, so like even though Bitcoin, I think is going to bust down to, 20k 
it's still going to be fine at 20 K in the long haul. Like it yeah. will be worth hundred thousand dollars. It will be worth half a million dollars at some point. Like I have no doubt that that will happen. Um, at least as far as Bitcoin goes. Now, a lot of these altcoins, not so much They're They can be zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to see like the whole, the roller coaster and man, like I think like the, the ulcers, the <laughs> maybe losing your hair. My boy Kong over here is losing his hair with crypto. He's telling me before. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so we have some questions here um, on Twitter. So brand new flicks. What's the best way to buy land as an investment at 25, I'm assuming, years old? Are we talking about real land or metaverse land? <laughs> I'm thinking real land here. Yeah. I don't um, think we were talking about crypto at this, at this point yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the best way to buy land, I mean... there's like a whole episode of like what you could do but yeah i mean it just depends like are you trying to buy it for the long haul are you trying to go flip it you trying to wholesale it you know can you go get seller finance terms on it you know can you identify a really good deal i the land i bought for my house so i bought like a literal mountain in las vegas it was two acres and i paid six hundred and twenty thousand for it I got a loan. I put 30% down. So I put like 200 grand down and, you know, I financed the rest and I'm like still building and developing and stuff. But I mean, that land, I bought it a year and a half ago. I mean, it's worth it. I mean, it's, it's kind of priceless because it's so unique. So it's mm-hmm. hard. It's really like what someone going to pay for it. But there are other lots right around there that are selling at, you know, $4 million an acre. So I mean, it could be worth five million. It could be worth ten million. Like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I would recommend uh, we had Anthony Pappas. He was here a couple of weeks ago. So he talks about investing in land. I would definitely check that out. And I think he's, well, no, he's thirty some. Um, Plant based MAJ says love our show. Appreciate it. Um, what is the difference from uh, Vas Vasily? Uh, what's the difference between blockchain and NFT? Blockchain and NFT. Well, I I, I wouldn't say there's a difference i mean nfts are on the blockchain so best way to explain this nft stands for non-fungible token okay so non-fungible means that it cannot be like reproduced like a fungible would be a dollar okay if steve gives me a dollar i'm willing to accept his dollar i don't really care what dollar i get in the system all dollars are the same right Bitcoin is fungible. It doesn't matter which Bitcoin I have. I don't really care. Um, Non-fungible would mean it does matter which one I have. And they could look alike, but they're different, right? And the example I always use when I tell people this is like, you know, my phone. There's There's a lot of Apple iPhones out there, many that are red, the same exact one. But this phone is non fungible because would you rather have a a phone that's got nothing on it from Apple. Or if you had my phone, you get access to all my bank accounts, my crypto accounts, my Twitter, my social medias, and you could do whatever you want. My emails, yeah. like, are even though they're the same phone, there's a difference. Right. So, uh, yeah, non fungible would mean that, like, same deal with like art, right? People always think NFTs are just art, which they are not. But, um, it's like, yeah, there's copies of the Mona Lisa, but there's only one Mona Lisa. Yeah. non-fungible so you know a token is just um 
essentially like a piece of data on the blockchain. So, you know, non-fungible token means that there is this piece of data on the blockchain that cannot be replicated and you have ownership of that data. Now, that data can represent many things. Like what I like to call that data is a receipt. That data is simply a receipt that you own this particular thing. It could be the rights to this image and that's what you own. It could be a ticket to Steve's next event. It could be, um, you know, a ticket to anything. It could be a, a picture of uh, Jack's first tweet. It could be a picture of Jack's first tweet. You own that. It could be... Um, Do you see what it sold for? Like $3 million or something crazy? What was it? They resold it recently. Oh, what did they sell for? $27. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, someone bought it for millions. It was 27 or 200 bucks. I think it probably missold. There's no way. No, it was a, it was a full auction, and he accepted that offer. There was no minimum. I would have bought it. <laughs> well, that guy should try and reflip it. It's worth more than that. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but but let me add to that last thing. Like, so that that's it's just a receipt, and um, you know, like it, it could be access into Mastermind. It could be access to a course. It could be access to like anything and everything you can imagine. It could be a receipt that you own the house, like we're talking about, right? right. Like. This is the deed now. So um, think of an NFT that way. Uh, Hiryu, sorry, I was screwing up your name. Um, how will the digital real estate be regulated? That might be a whole different episode. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be regulated. Yeah. Um, you asked too, like, what's going to happen from all this stablecoin stuff that just caused drama? Regulation. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, let's see what else here. Mark. Mark Barron on YouTube. So I see the Wealthy Way is an academy. Can you elaborate on the program and what would be learned in it? Yeah. So um, in Wealthy Way, it's all free. So like you could just sign up and go through it and find out for free. So it's not like you have to like understand it to buy it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like a four-hour course. Um, we talk about the core values of being a wealth builder. We talk about how to set goals, morning routines, you know, discipline, um, all these things that I think are important to live. The wealthy way and then um it goes in depth on each acronym of wealth and things that you need to understand about that yeah and when you told me about it i was like man that's awesome because there are so many people that get into this business or real estate or whatever and they're like distracted and they go like all in on just one thing right either it's just business or whatever but they sacrifice their health their family and this and that and Going back to we mentioned Gary Keller earlier. I mean, I do. I am a big fan of what he's done. Mm -hmm. He talks about like, there's if you're juggling right, all the balls you're juggling in the air are glass except for one, which is actually business. You can't sacrifice your health. You can't sacrifice your family. But for whatever reason, our industry attracts people that are really obsessed about business. Yeah, I think it just comes down to like, <laughs> why are you even in business in the first place, right? Like, for me, anyways, most business is. Like, number one priority is, like, does this business make money, mm -hmm. right? Because if that's not the number one priority of that business, then start a charity, right? Like, there's two things you could do. I had a nonprofit. It was my brokerage. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, if, if you know that number one priority of a business is to make money, number two can be all of the other things we like to think about. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, at the Wealthy Agent, yeah, our top priority is, like, start this business to make money. But two is yeah, we're going to help so many people. Like realtors are going to be helped. It's going to be awesome. Same thing with all our other businesses. Like they help people, they employ people, 
they help the community, like all that stuff is great, but it's got to make money to do those things. But if you want to just start something out of the goodness of your heart, cause you're passionate about it, then either give it away for free. Like actually the wealthy way is, is an example of that. Like I spent all this money to produce it and it's never made me a dollar as far as charging anything for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, or just start a nonprofit and that's why you're doing it. Absolutely. Uh, follow up question from Mark Barron is where did Kong go? You know, my boy Kong, um, I don't even know what he was doing here, but he, he's like, can I sit in? And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. We love Kong the pieces. I mean, what's really cool. One of the things I really appreciated is that I'm in a group text with like me, you and Kong. Right. And we just talk about the most randomest of things, but I love Kong. And actually tomorrow you will see the episode we recorded with him. Ah, um, so this one's live. That one wasn't correct. I got blasted by my team. They're like, you cannot have three episodes live in one day. So I Max recorded an episode earlier. Ah. He's like, this is unacceptable. Like, we need to change it. I was like, all right, well, okay, whatever. Um, on IG, Alex Ralph for wholesaler. What do you think is the right step to make after fully saturating a market? So I'm guessing probably he's entering a saturated market. Is there such a thing as a saturated market? So you're just entering the market. <laughs> Pretty much. Every market is um, saturated. Yeah. There's no supply anywhere. Yeah. Every market is extremely competitive. Yeah. So how... So are... you want to invest in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, besides TV, separating yourself in the Vegas market? Yeah. So we spend a lot of money running TV commercials, um, which is very contrarian to what most people do. Mm-hmm. But um, man, we still get deals off the MLS. We still get deals from wholesalers. We just, I think we're closing an MLS deal today. We got a two million dollar luxury flip from a wholesaler, um, like week and a half ago. And you know, we do a bunch of direct marketing. But you know, I, I'll be honest. Like on our direct marketing side, like historically, we've gotten a lot of deals from cold calling and texting and direct mail. But like. TV makes up the majority of everything we do. And so it's like (laughs) our decision is always like, well, if we want to keep scaling, do we throw another 20 grand at TV this month or do we try 20 grand something else? And it's like, well, let's just keep pushing TV to the max until it stops producing, you know, because if you know you have a cash cow, just keep feeding it. Absolutely. The golden goose. Why would you do anything else? Yeah. Um, so follow-up question from Asili uh, on YouTube is how many companies do you guys own? So I'll let you go first and then I'll just look bad after. Yeah. I mean, I think I have like 30 LLCs, but uh, now that I started those, if you count my social media personal brand with like all the sponsors and stuff, let's just call it nine if you include the wealthy way all that yeah because we've got man okay we got home run offer future flipper true books wealthy agent wealthy way um did i say lunar ecom lunar ecom uh creator properties um yeah i'm I'm just missing some there's there's like eight or nine (laughs) yeah so a lot fewer over here so i can't even say the brokerage anymore no. Right, so that's gone. So uh, title, wholesaling, education, media. Um, I don't know if we count rental properties. Probably not. And then uh, we're, 
We have our grand opening for our bank next Wednesday. I'm really excited about that. And then we're getting into the NFT space. So, oh yeah, that's what it was. It was yeah, you just made Panetta Capital, which I forgot. Um, and then Tykes. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. So it's not a competition, but I still want to beat them. Um, I I think it, the amount of companies you own is irrelevant. I mean, it's really actually like this is actually something we talk about in the wealthy way. Um, it's not about how many companies you have. It's not about how many deals you do. It's not even about how much money you make. For me, it's about setting what it is like you want your life to look like from the beginning. And mm -hmm. if it's like, dude, you need half a million dollars to live the lifestyle you want, then cool. Like do what it takes to not only live that lifestyle, but also have the reserves that make you comfortable as well. Because there are some people who are like, dude, I need like 12 months reserves. I need a million dollars cash in the bank. Whatever that looks like for you. Okay, dude, if you need a million cash in the bank to feel comfortable and you want to go spend half a million a year, well, you got to go make, you know, at least one and a half million dollars if you're starting from scratch, right? right. And, uh, you know, like figuring out where that is. And like, I've realized for me, I don't know what I spent a month now, but, you know, at one point it was like 20K. And I was like, dude, 20K, like I live like a baller, dude. Yeah. You know, I would guess it's now probably like 40 to 50K because, you know, now we go on vacations, you know, our lifestyle has leveled up, you know, we're, we're getting a nicer house now. So like, it's probably close to that, but like, I'm not stressing about it because it's still so far below my means. Like it, there's a concept in a wealthy way that we call margin, right? It's creating margin in your life. And so if, think about it this way, if you have someone like me who um, spends 50K a month and let's just say I made a million dollars a month, it's not like anything, right? But if somebody is making, you know, a million dollars a year or say a hundred thousand dollars a month and they're spending 50 K a month, but mm -hmm. they also have to pay taxes and all this stuff. And like they have, less margin, they have less margin to work with, but like on the flip side, like just a normal person example, you see this a lot. Like there are people who make 20 K a month and they spend all of it. Right. Yeah. They just live like that. So they have no margin zero. And then you see people who make, you know, seven K a month and they only spend four K. Yeah. That person is living in a much better place because they know they can live on less. They're building up savings. They have margin. They're not stressed out. Whereas that person making 20K is super stressed because they're going to zero every month. And that guy's looking like a millionaire on social media. And he looks other, great. Like you think guy, his life is better, but it's not. Another guy's the millionaire next door. Well, he's he's still like not making that much money, but he's it but doesn't he's matter. There. Yeah. So there's a couple things here. Uh, first, I recently learned a term, uh, solvable problem. Uh, mm. which has been trademarked. And I think it's, uh, I can't remember who, who came up with it, but more or less, like the big thing is figuring out what you want and then working your way towards that. You'll be much happier versus chasing and competing and comparing. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, this is a totally personal question here, is you're talking about traveling and so on. What are you going to do when your kids are old enough to go to school? That's you going to homeschool question. your kids? Um, well, we don't want to homeschool now. But what I'll say is, it's funny, like, I, my perspectives always change as I get older and, like, my situation changes. I remember when Mindy and I were first married and we were broke, you know, we both came from public school. And my wife was a public school eighth grade English teacher. We're like, yeah, dude, we're sending our kids to public school. Like, freaking, of course. 
And we'd always get mad because everyone would hate on the public school system. And like as somebody who was a product of the public school system, my wife being a teacher in the public school system, we're like, dude, like that's ridiculous. Um, and I still believe in the public school system. But, you know, now with where I'm at in life, it's like, you know, it, I couldn't send my kid to public school. Like, not even that I just don't believe in the system and that just, it wouldn't be like, I don't want to say safe, but like, it's just not what you would do being wealthy and known. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they'll definitely go to private school. But, you know, as far as homeschool goes, I've never been a fan of homeschool just because I think, and this is once again just a personal belief, I think it doesn't teach kids social skills. Um, I think they need to be around other kids and, and do all that. And I'm sure you could, you know, put them on sports teams and all that yeah. stuff and, you know, outside of that. But, yeah, I, I just think they need to be in school and it's important. And, yeah. Um, well, I'm just curious, right? Because Chris Rude, who we're going to be hanging out with over the next couple of days, uh-huh. right? Um, he just, they're in an RV and they're just traveling the country and uh-huh. they're homeschooling. I think it's pretty cool, right? Or other people that uh, move into Puerto Rico for tax savings. And they find a teacher here, and they just move that teacher <laughs> with them to That Puerto could Rico. be a thing, too. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, yeah, I, I would say if I'm in Las Vegas and, you know, whatever, right, like, I doubt we would homeschool. Like, I just don't see, like, why we would do that. But if, yeah, we were traveling and, like, you know, we got the Pineda jet and we're just, like, freaking, I don't know what we're doing, and homeschooling is the only way, then, yeah, like, guess what? The, the nanny we hire better know how to homeschool too. Yeah. And I mean, even like, you know, at Grant Cardone, right? He does the same thing. Yeah. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, David De Silva on Facebook. I'm getting a second real estate license in Idaho. I'm guessing real would be a good brokerage to do with that. Yep. Sign up under Steve. Yep. Uh, Lock Streamer. How can I become successful like you, Ryan? I'm 23 years old and a university student. What does it take to get your level of success? Um... I don't even know. Like, that's such a broad question. Um, Honestly, I think this is exactly why I created The Wealthy Way. Like, I think it goes into depth of, like, what success really looks like. Yeah. You know, because I don't think success is just making money. Well, and I think... Which is how most people would define it. This is something that I've come to grips with recently, uh, is that we used to measure success by, like, material wealth, house, cars... And so on. How much money you make? Are you making more money than the other guy? Right? Yeah, like yeah. that's how we measure success for a very long time. And more recently, it's really like, are you able to live the life you want every single day? And can you do that every like sustainably over time? A lot of us are like, well, or some people are like, I just want to live on the beach. Like, well, you can, but at some point you have to pay for food and yeah, whatever. So I think that at 23 years old. Go get, check out The Wealthy Way. Keep watching our podcast. And at some point, I think you'll have a different idea of what success means. Well, let me add one point to this is that for me, success is like obviously like a mindset shift as well. And I'll tell you, my whole life, I've always felt successful, even though it may not have seemed that way. You know, like when I was playing minor league baseball, I don't even think I mentioned that, but I played pro baseball and I was making 1200 bucks a month, even though I was broke, I felt so successful. I'm like, dude, I'm freaking playing minor league baseball. I'm pursuing my dream. Like, this is great. And, um, you know, whatever. Then I started flipping couches and I started making a couple hundred bucks a day. And I was like, dude, 
I am balling. Like, this is so sick. Like, I can't believe I'm making this much money flipping couches. Like, this is the best thing ever. And then, um, I don't know, I flipped my first house. I made 20 grand. I was like, holy crap, dude. Like, I'm so rich. And then, um, I remember the first time I made six figures. Like, you know, he's 23. I bet you he'll make six figures before I did. I was 27 when I made six figures for the first time. And I just remember the day I made six figures. I was like, wow, I can't believe I made six figures. This is like, I remember my wife and I were looking at each other like, we're never going to have to flip couches again. Like, this is great. <laughs> and then I remember I made seven figures for the first year. And then, you know, last year I cracked eight figures for the first time. And then like, I'm sure at some point I'll do nine figures in a year. Like, as if that's what it ends up being, you know, but my mindset, my, the point is in the last 10 years, my mindset has always been that I am very successful doing whatever it is I'm doing. And, um, I think that would be the biggest takeaway to the 23 year old. It's like, dude, you, you're successful right now. Yeah. If you believe you are, you know, absolutely. I think it's my sin. Also, I think the other thing too, is like celebrating the journey. Cause I think so many people are celebrating the destination. Yeah. Right. I don't even have a destination. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I remember, um, they should watch the podcast we did back in 2020 because I remember I had just started YouTube and that's kind of what that podcast was about, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, YouTube's the way people don't get it yet. Like, but this is the way you become known. And this is like the most powerful tool out there right now. And at the time I had like, I don't even know, like 2000 subscribers. Oh, I was going to guess. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be a freaking YouTuber. Like, I believe it. I know it. And I'm so hyped I have 2,000 subs right now because this is great. Yeah. Absolutely. So the mindset. And again, wealthy way. Um, and you're welcome, uh, Luke. Uh, so Ryan Zolan's asking, how do we see NFTs incorporating the real estate space in the future? I would say you have to rewatch this episode. Yeah. We covered it in pretty good detail. But you can also corner Ryan tomorrow at the All In Freedom event. Uh, Don't do that. <laughs> uh carlton uh who is someone that's also i've i've uh, talked a lot with uh privately about uh, blockchain is what chain are you going to be using for your nft sales and buys ethereum ethereum there you go yep and then how do you build your social media such as ig facebook youtube and tiktok um the one minute version is as of today what i said two years ago on youtube i wouldn't necessarily say is how i'd start today even though that's what i did um, I think the focus should be on short form content. If you can make these TikTok style videos that you see Steve and I produce, that's going to give you the best chance to get known right away. So, um, and it also gives you the ability to distribute it across all platforms. You can post it as a YouTube short, you can post it as a TikTok and Instagram. And, um, that's what I would do. And then eventually you can start doing long form, like a podcast or, you know, a 10, 15 minute YouTube video. Uh, Michael Worthy, how much are you spending per month on your hair? Dude, a lot of money, man. No, I mean, honestly, uh, I spent zero because my good friend, uh, Alex Acosta, or Alex Acosta, he's a um, YouTuber. He sent me a bunch of hair product for free because he has a brand. And uh, so zero. Uh, and the last question uh, from the folks online is, do you have a mentor and what criteria would you have for a mentor? Um, Steve is my mentor. Appreciate that. Uh, Kong is my mentor. Like, no, seriously, like most of my mentors are all peers. Like they're people that I just ask questions to that, you know, 
are very much experts in whatever field they're in. You know, so if I need sales training, I'm like, Steve, like, what do you think with my team? How should I do this? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I talked to Kong about, but, um, no, you know what Kong was my mentor for initially was TikTok. Like he yeah. was already doing it. And, uh, well, he was the one that was in our ear. Yeah. He was like, do it, do it, do it. And I'd go, how? Like, I don't know what to do. And so he would mentor me and tell me and like, so, you know, Kong was my social media mentor and, um, you know, just like all these different peers have been mentors to me along the way. Um, but you know, I actually, I just started, um, kind of like a, a mentorship with my pastor because I've been trying to really grow in my faith, um, this season of my life. So, um, that's the only call that I'm having right now. Like, as far as like, Hey, every week we have this scheduled, like really, um, mentoring me. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, and takes a certain amount of humility because it's really easy right like to say like i've made it i've arrived i don't need any more help right? yeah so. yeah i think people just it's ego and we all struggle with it but um i don't know dude i i just have always wanted to learn and get better and i think i learned that from baseball because in baseball you know, we were always trying to get to the next level. We were always trying to get to the big leagues and get better. Like there was always something we could do, whether it was our, our body, our conditioning, our skills. Maybe there was a new swing we could do. Maybe there's a new drill we could do. Like I'm looking for an edge to get better all the time. And when I got into business and, you know, my career ended in baseball, I started thinking about that. Like, how do I get better every day? And it doesn't have to be in, in making money, but like, how do I build the foundation for what I'm doing to be better? And um, there's a lot of things that you build that don't reap benefits for a long time. And I knew that um, with social media as like a, a good example. I was like, dude, I know I'm going to spend so much time trying to get this off the ground. I know I'm going to spend all this money and it's definitely not going to give me a return right away. And I was willing to do it for years with like knowing that. Now, granted, it did end up going way quicker than I thought, which I'm grateful for. But like the mindset was like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to stick it out because I know it's the way. So I want you to think about what you want to, what last message you want to leave the listeners with. Guys, if you got value today, please like, subscribe, share, comment. We want to reach more people, right? The more people we can help, right? The closer we can get my goal, creating 100 millionaires and your goal, creating wealthy people. Truly wealthy people. Truly wealthy people. How many millionaires have you created? Uh, so you can account for can account for we're doing a really lousy job of tracking that KPI So I know for sure double digits, but I can't say beyond that. You know, what's interesting uh, We have the plaques that we hand out. Yeah, and the people ask us about the plaques like oh I want to give you the plaque So can you send me something from your CPA that verifies you're worth a million dollars? Yeah, and no one will do that We've had weird a handful of people right like we asked for HUDs to come onto the show I'm going to send you a plaque out of my own pocket. Yeah. I want to know that you're a millionaire. Yeah. We're not just giving these out. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. Yeah. So unfortunately. Well, Steve, can I have a plaque? Because, you know, I was a millionaire before I met you, but you've made me at least a million dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be my honor. Yeah. It would be my pleasure. I'll take And I can't verifiably prove that you made me a million, but I can tell you the sales team, everything else. Like they've made more than a million dollars and you've been training them. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. For sure. We'll do something like that. Uh, oh, we'll make that happen too, for you. Well, and this is, is Sean my, Bob, is Sean Bob a millionaire yet? Sean Bob's a millionaire. 
Um, right. You made Sean Bob a millionaire. We're going to go with that. Yeah. So two. Two plaques, please. Yeah. But uh, also, this is my fourth episode on the show, right? You mm-hmm. said this was a record. Tied the record. Who's, who's the, who else has been on here four times? Jamil. I'm going to have to kill him. Like, I'm just going to have to. I know where he lives. Yeah. We just can't, can't <laughs> do any more. And I have to do one more now. <laughs> so, um, but no. Being on the show four times, though, I can guarantee you has made me over a million dollars, too, just in, like, people hearing about stuff I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's an honor for me because we're in alignment in so many ways, right? I mean, and, you know, we're kind of joking around, like, the mentors, but, like, the, the, the group text has absolutely been helpful and helps me have clarity on the direction I want to go as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember you. Um, There's a lot of things that you were thinking about doing where we were like, I wouldn't do that. And like, no, but to your benefit, you listen. You're like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because no one else would have told me to yeah. not do it. <laughs> so there's <laughs> some feedback where it says like, well, that was unnecessarily direct. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, that is really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, what's the last message you want to leave everybody with? Um, Man, we talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, look. What I would say is, and I don't even know which rabbit hole I want to take this down, but I would revert back to if you're listening to this and you are like, man, dude, that's cool what Ryan's doing, but like, I can't do all that. I personally couldn't do all of it like until recently, right? It took years to become what I've become. And, you know, hopefully 10 years from now, what I am today is like kind of a laughing stock of where I am 10 years from now. Like that's the hope. And I'll look back at it and be like, yeah, I mean, it took me 20 years to get to this point. So like, you know, I just want to put in perspective that I got into real estate in 2010 and I didn't make six figures until, uh, 2016, like seven years, basically six, seven years. And there was a lot of failures along the way, a lot of procrastinating, a lot of false beliefs of, Oh man, if somebody just gave me some money, I could do this yada, yada, yada. Um, a lot of excuses and a lot of me not even seeking out the answers. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of that too was I've never really cared about money. You know, I was like fine making 1200 bucks. I'm just like, whatever. You were successful in your mind. I was. And so I wasn't like necessarily seeking answers, but to the point of if you are like wanting to be, you know, rich and successful in business, you're obviously watching this podcast. Like you're seeking out more answers than I sought out, like, you know, back then. And I would just say like, you know, take the jump, get around where successful people are at. Like, so if you're a realtor, join real with Steve. Like if you are trying to get in the crypto space, join Tykes. If you're trying to do something like else that we don't even know about, dive into that community, that mentor that is excellent at that and learn exactly what they do. And just copy it. Awesome. Simple. How can someone get a hold of you? Um, easiest way, go to ryanpineda.com. You can see all my companies, my social medias, and uh, you know, you can contact my team too and uh, see how we can work together. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you guys. See you all next week. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptor.